Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post-game show with your hosts, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 310. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Andy. Andy! <laughs> How's it going, Chris? Good. How you doing, brother? You know, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, I, I want to get it out early. I'm going to get it out loud and proud. I don't care about tanking. I want wins. Go Lions. Yeah, that's what I want to hear, Andrew. Yes, you are the man. Um, all right, guys, just really quick. We got a $200 match out there for St. Jude. stjude.org slash DLP. I'll get that out there right now. Thank you, Flounder. You are the rock and rolling machine. So we can get up to $200. We're at 594 See it up there? All right, let's get to We got to talk about today's game. Boy, it was, it was a nail-biter for a long time, and I know a lot of people gave up. Because I might have been one of them. Uh, we'll have a little bit of roundtable conversation. We'll take your calls a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Are you ready to go, Sam Man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. A couple of quick announcements. First, check us out. Help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... That's right. That's where he's from. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail, IPrevailBand.com. i got to change the call list thing. Um, IPrevailBand.com. And all of our guys down on the side. John Stafford. How about we'll, we'll talk to him. And Ash Thompson. Those are two great guys. Um, there we go. we got a, a great, great group there. And they're hanging out in the Slack chat. You get access with as little as a dollar a month on the Patreon donation. You can get access to the Slack as well. The most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. No doubt about it. All right. Got that going on. And... Um, all you do, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see Sandman. With no pants on. That's right. Senior Bull style. <laughs> you, you heard music, wasn't it? Music through the outlet in the wall of the hotel. That's okay. Yeah, right? yeah, I did. I think I'll I'll repost that tweet later. But uh, <laughs> I'm laying in bed trying to sleep. I'm just hearing Miley Cyrus or something playing out of the outlet of the wall. I think the CIA is after me or something. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast or youtube.com slash DLP Clips. Both are available. Clips is the short show. When you don't have time, you can get little tasty nuggets of the show and uh youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast is where all the great stuff happens uh itunes stitcher google play wherever you find us give us that five-star review we appreciate that if you can't give us a five-star review then uh hit us up in the subreddit you can dm us you can email us from the website whatever let's understand why why you're not feeling the five stars and we'll see what we can do to help you out all right we're gonna open up the phones in just two minutes let's get this thing on a roll Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things. Heading going on this week in Reddit. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everybody else can hear the audio but us on the on the all the openers today. Something something got a switch got flipped. I'm sorry. Um, all right, let's talk about all the great stuff. Um, you know, I want to start off the show really quick. 
we may cut some callers a little shorter today. Not because we want to be mean or, or don't like you or think you guys are trouble or anything like that. But we we you know want to keep it a little snappier, a little uh, a little tighter. Uh, some of the calls you know go a little rambly and long sometimes, and we'd like to let you guys talk. But we're going to see if we can tighten it up a little. There should be some celebration out there today, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Um, let's see. Are you guys not hearing any sound? Okay. You can hear. Okay, you guys are good. Okay. Um, those guys can hear. Token J, he can hear just fine. Okay, cool, cool. All right, let's do this. Um, we'll talk about the game. First, let's get your initial impressions, Mr. Sandman, about what we saw out there today. I think what we saw was addition by subtraction. We literally saw it. Matt Patricia goes away, and we lose a bunch of bad habits. Now, defensively, that's not the case. The defense is still, you know, awful. Yep. And really devout or devoid of talent. Um, the talent didn't change. <laughs> no, the talent did not change. But what we saw today was we saw a more normal Stafford game. We saw a 2019 Stafford. We saw a 2011, 12, 13, 14 Stafford. Um, we saw routes going down the field. I, I think our average depth of target this game, I'll look it up later, is going to blow away every other game we've had this year. Yeah, absolutely. Our average depth of target was ludicrous. We didn't see run-run pass. You know, some people are going to complain about runs on second down. I'm not super mad about runs on second and, second and ten as long as you have a plan to get out of that, and the Lions did get out of that today. Indeed. But I think we saw a lot of things that just – addition by subtraction man we get you get rid of patricia all of a sudden the team seems a little looser i'll say right now that stafford was the loosest he's looked all year like he came out of the gate ready to play normally under the patricia regime thus far stafford needs a quarter to get ready you know we saw that a lot um you know we saw a lot of boring play calling today was not boring today was actually fun and energetic um you know, honestly, uh, this is the team that we thought we were going to need to be at the beginning of the year. We knew the defense wasn't going to be super fantastic, and we knew that we were going to have to outgun some people. And this is the first game where I think we actually saw a real outgun, outgun offense from the start to the finish. How about the idea um, that the defense did I mean, at the end, they 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 came up huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they did. You know, they're the defense that we know we have. They're the talent level we know we have. There's some things we we saw differently. Um, I think it was Ash in the Slack talking about this is after the first defensive uh, play series where they went. Uh, they they played a little bit of hurry up. They did exactly what I would have done against the Lions. Right, new coach. Let's come out. Let's do tempo. Let's push it on them hard. Um, but you got Jelani Tavai out there playing. Look. We know he's not a Hall of Famer, okay? Let's just we'll start there, okay? Um, and work our way to wherever reality is. But it is the first game that he was actually running towards the line of scrimmage as the ball was snapped, where typically they have him standing there and waiting yep. to, to, to move. And what happened? He made some tackles. He made some plays. He didn't look as bad as Jelani Tavai has looked for the whole rest of the season before now. Again, are we saying he's going to be a, a Hall of Famer? No, no. But maybe he can play, right? Maybe he can play... Okay, maybe he can do some stuff out there. This is something that's worth watching for the rest of the season. And against a lot stiffer competition that we have coming up, it's going to be a, a really interesting to see how he does play. As, as just one example, right? But I think you're right about the addition by subtraction because it played across the whole whole team. 
Yep. Bevel giving them an opportunity to, to, to literally go out. And it's, I was, at first I was like, oh boy, this seems a little, I don't know what the word is. Unpro- not unprofessional, but I, I, you know, I'm supposed to be having words because you, you have a microphone, but I don't have one here. <laughs> but um, I was nervous about the whole, hey, we're just going to go have fun kind of concept. You know what I mean? Um, you still got to, you, you got to play discipline football. You have to do all the things. You have to execute the fundamentals. You have to get your pad level right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> But um, the thing, the thing you, you you really you know you can't be sloppy, right? And that's what I was worried might happen. But they did come out loose. They came out you know with a passion. Uh, Matthew Stafford, you saw it even when he threw that interception. You saw his face in the sideline. At first, I was like, he's broken, and I was like, no, he really cares, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that we pulled this out in the end the way we did is going to be super, super beneficial for the team and the players. Look, we got a, a rough schedule ahead, no question about it. But had they gone out there and lost today, the confidence in in all on, in each other would have just been shattered, right? Nobody would have believed mm-hmm. that they could do it because that's the, that's the one winnable game, supposedly, on the rest of the schedule. And they weren't going to turn a win in on that. So um, to see them come in and do that was was really, really great. Loved loved to see that win come out of it. Loved to see the passion. Stafford was throwing sidearm all day. Um, it, was, it, was, it was that gunslinger thing, right? And yep. I, I kind of mentioned it as we were getting ready here to start the show that, you know, that little bit of loosey-goosey gunslinger stuff uh, is what won Brett Favre of a Super Bowl. And... I don't know. I yep. like Matthew Stafford being Matthew Stafford, not being a cutout of something that they think he should be. He got to be a professional first overall consensus draft pick. Um, one of the highest, you know, first to what was it? 30,000 uh, fastest to 30,000 yards, something like that. I forget yep. what the exact number was. Yep. He did that by being Matthew Stafford, not by being something, something different. And um, I, I, I love what he brings. I love what he brings. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that we definitely saw today was that the aggression of the offense never really wavered. We didn't see, uh, you know, wasted opportunities too often on the offensive side where, um, you know, it just seemed like, oh, we're going to go three and out. I guess that is what it is. We'll punt it away and hope the defense can do something. We didn't see that. We saw what people have been asking for the entire time. Where's that killer instinct? When we're up by 10, when we're up by 12, when we're up by 30, who cares? Keep moving the ball. Yep. Keep keep trying to score. Scoring is the name of the game in the NFL. You have to score to win regardless. And what we saw with Patricia is that he didn't do that. He didn't like to do that. He would pull the reins back when we had a lead, and that led to, what was it, eight games where we you know, gave up tons of points at the end and ended up losing? Yep. Yeah. This team didn't do that today. And we were behind most of the game. So we, you have to, you know, take that into account, but at the same time, you know, we weren't playing for the clock. We weren't playing for anything but to score. And that's super refreshing to see. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It it was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, I gotta say, this is something, (laughs) I don't know if, if they saw it or, uh, you know, a year ago when they said it, but we're actually playing meaningful games in December right now. It's not like they meant it or like they said, but we're actually playing meaningful games in December. <laughs> this is this is great. First game yeah. of December, we came in, we won, turned it around. I mean, it come from behind victory like that. It was a what was it? The last First, minute and a half is the only yeah. time we led the whole game. <laughs> yeah, that's some Packers 2019. 
going on. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll take your calls. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. Ring us. Give us the jingling if you want. And uh, you can also use Skype if you want to just go in straight from Skype. It is Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions Podcast. I'm going to move some of these things around here really quick on the um, on the phone number just so that some of the other stuff pops up. I forgot how the screen is laid out. So, all right. Um, tackling. Yeah, Ryan, you know, they do need to work on tackling the defense. The defense has a whole bunch of problems. Okay. There's, there's no question. The defense is not a, um, this is not a super bowl bound defense. We'll put it that way. Um, but they, you know, they, they did fine. They did a good job, but a good enough job to win today. How are they going to be against green Bay or Tampa Bay or anybody we have left? Really? You know, scary. Scary. Yeah, I feel like we have a better chance against Tampa than we do in Green Bay, though. <laughs> Tampa, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're Tampa not wrong. is very much a um. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A wild card, uh, up and down. Um, they're just not don't have the consistency that I you see from like Green Bay. And after seeing Green Bay hang so many on Chicago, and then we only put as many as we did on, that's that's a little bit nerve wracking for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, all right, again, we got a $200 match on St. Jude. Let me hit that really quick. We're uh, at 17000 almost 17600 raised for St. Jude so far. We're going through the 18th of December. This will keep going. If you haven't, or even if you have, you want to throw a couple more bucks, we got uh, Floundericious is going to match up to $200. So, you know, $5, $10 um, bits like we heard uh, during the, the podcast-a-thon, those, those all matter. And uh, you get to double your money. Let's let's try to get this to eighteen grand, boys. Let's let's do that. Also, I want to tell you we have an auction going on with all kinds of great Lions memorabilia and material. There's also a sweet Darren McCarty signed puck that says yeah, F Lemieux. Awesome. Sweet revenge. It's cool. Um, Auction.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Every single penny of that will go to St. Jude. So it's all going to a good cause. You get something really cool, and you get to help out. Uh, you know, kids that are sick. And, uh, you know, doing the Christmas for the kids thing. So there you go. Okay. stjude.org slash DLP and auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. All right. So let's talk about offensively. One of the biggest things I noticed was way more shotgun for Matthew Stafford. And I think that's where he belongs. <laughs> yeah. I, I just yep. I just think he, he performs so much better from the shotgun. And it really, really does sell the pass so much more to, to the defense. Yeah, you know, and God, what year was that? Uh, 2013, 2012, when the Pistons, or when the Pistons, <laughs> when the Lions almost went exclusively pistol. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do. I feel like Stafford sees the field better when he's in shotgun or pistol. I feel like if you're going to run an offense that Stafford should be in, you need to cater to his ability to see the field. And if you're running a bunch of 12 to 20 yard routes, that's super important. And I think Bevel knew that, but I think really what we saw was that Bevel wasn't going to handcuff the offense by making Stafford under center to sell play action. I think he realizes that play action works regardless of if you're in the shotgun or under center, Mm -hmm. but it makes it harder or makes it easier on Stafford when he's in shotgun and Stafford's really where we need to, put all of our energy towards if we think we're going to win, you know, 400 yards Stafford is what we've all been begging for for years now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is he, I, I just, it felt so comfortable 
seeing him feel comfortable, right? The offensive line out there played so well um, against, you know, let's not, what did the Bears defense against the past sixth um, mm-hmm. before this game? Uh, <laughs> they they did well. Big props. There was the uh, play that Spielman called out that Ragnow did the double, the double block up the middle on the run. Yep, Decker had one of those two. Yep, it just so so great they played and um something we were so worried about before the first game right that with the right side of the line was it was just terrifying how they were going to do i remember talking you know khalil mack is going to eat against these guys and we 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 played well up front all year i've got to give major major props to um uh hank fraley and the team on the work they've done there hey caller what's your name how much have you had to drink this is Mo from the Creek, baby. What's going on? Hey, Mo, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm all good, man. About to have my first celebratory drink now. Oh, good for you. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was awesome, man. I'm looking at the game, man, and I'm like, it just seemed like it's such a renewed energy on the sideline. It was like, what the hell has been going on in that organization, in that locker room that Matt Patricia brought to the to the team where yeah. before this everybody's like oh, I'm just I'm just here so I won't get fined type of mentality. <laughs> <laughs> prison man. Pr- prison locker room scenario. you know at the toward, at the beginning of the game they they talked about how you know a player was talking to Michelle Tafoya I think on the sideline and mm-hmm. um you know he he basically said that there was no energy in the locker room. It was kind of you know, dull and dead, and a bunch of that energy has mm-hmm. come back now that you know that Patricia's gone, and you know Bevel listened to mm-hmm. the players and and brought some of that stuff back. You know, I don't think we'll we'll ever get the full story, but I think what we can say for certain is that this this team was vastly underperforming due to Patricia mm-hmm. and maybe the way he was running everything in the in the back where we can't see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even when we were down, it was like I seen that fight. Like, all right, we not out of this. Where as previous weeks, it was like, all right, can we just get this fourth quarter over? <laughs> can we get this second quarter over? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was a tough go, man. No, no, it's it's so true, and and. Bevel said all the right things this week, and and I, you know, and it's it's kind of what you expected after you know you got the guys blinking SOS during the <laughs> interviews and stuff, right? Like uh, old like hostages. Um, but this is, I mean, and I'm not gonna, I'm not again. It's a tough schedule ahead, right? But this is Celebration Sunday. We got Celebration Monday, and then we can get into Tuesday and talk about what the the, the rest holds, and we can celebrate now and dream. <laughs> but um, this is how Wayne Fonts got his job. He was an interim coach, and he yeah. won the first game. They lost the second game. The second, the one they lost, to, the second one was to Chicago. But let's let's just let's just take this for a minute and say this was nice. Bevel took what didn't work, what absolutely didn't work, and we all know it didn't work. And he got in one game a quarter of the number of wins that Matt Patricia got in in a million, right? I mean, <laughs> in this season. So, That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I just yeah. I kind of wonder how did Bevel and Patricia work together, 
right? I mean, you can tell they're completely different dudes. How do you, I'll tell you a personal experience working for somebody that you don't, (laughs) that you don't gel with. It's it's, it's where I'm at right now. I'm I'm ready to, you know, whatever. (laughs) I keep keep working this completely separate. Neither one knows about the other one, right? But uh, I I can tell you, I don't know how Daryl Bevel did it because I, I, I dread every Monday that rolls up <laughs> every Monday and, and yeah. I can't wait till it's over with. I you know, think and Joey and Joey Patricia, in the chat. Oh, go ahead. Caller. Uh, uh, I, I think after Patricia's firing, I think it sent the message to the league saying just because you come from the Belichick tree doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're going to come and create this new England winning system in my team or in my city, you know, and I think that's what Quinn and Patricia try to do on Detroit and say, Hey, we're going to make Detroit new England when everybody else was like, nah, bro, that's not happening over here. And I think they just tried to force that and just really say, this is new England. (laughs) Here's, here's what I think happened. And it's an, it's interesting, right? One thing people underestimate, and, and they shouldn't, right? If if you know anything about Detroit and the people of Detroit, there's there's pride, there's a sense of pride, and it's like you don't mm-hmm. you don't you don't mess with my city. We'll joke about how bad it is and what's not right and all that kind of stuff, but don't you come in and do that, right? And I think yeah, Queen yeah. and Patricia came in believing all the crap about Detroit. And it just yeah. and, and they said, we're going to fix it. We're going to make it New England. We're going to make it something different because they're a bunch of losers <laughs> with a loser culture. And they, it's, that's not what it is. Right. That's I mean, the culture's yeah. been bad. Things have been bad. There's a lot of stuff that, that hasn't been right with the, the team for a long time. But what they came in to fix, that wasn't what's wrong. Obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, do you think. Sheila taking over the reins and like, do you think she's really going to create like a winning system in for the city? I don't know if any owner of the lions is going to have that big of a say. Uh, I just don't think that that's, you know, they're not a Jerry Jones type of owner. I think if we get mm-hmm. a winning culture, it's because they hired the right people. I don't think it will be directly mm-hmm. correlated to Sheila herself. I think if she wanted to be mm-hmm. more active, I don't think any fans would be upset if we heard from her more often than we currently have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if, you know, the Fords are really that kind of owner. And most owners aren't really that in the forefront. Mm-hmm. I think I, it's just the fact that they've hired so many bad people in a row. I've got, <laughs> a, I've got a, an example yeah. for you. Ford Motor Company itself, when Bill Ford was in charge, right? It was, it was, it, mm-hmm. it didn't, you know, Jack Nasser left. They put Bill in charge. Everyone's like, ah, the guy whose name is on the building is finally taking over. He's going to take the company to salvation. Right. And no, uh-uh, mm-hmm. that's not what happened. And, and early on it, it, it slipped. He slipped because they tried to I forget who it was. They tried to steal and hire as a CEO. And it gave the signal right away that Bill knew he was out of his depth and shouldn't have been there. Right. And yeah, as yeah. weird as it was, everybody was when, when he left, there was a sense of uh, relief amongst the employees of the company yeah. and it took hiring the right guy Malelli to come in turn that thing around and get mm-hmm. that thing straight i think it's a, an exact kind of parallel to the team itself it's all about who they're going to hire and bringing in the right people yeah. to do the right thing and let's the other part of it is is and, and i'll i'll say this to the end as bad as the quinn and patricia experiment turned out those were the consensus right guys to hire at the time by everybody who knew anything about football. So you can hire great people and they, they aren't the right people 
for the job. And that's that's something else to think about, right? I mean, maybe yeah. Hugh Jackson is a great coach, and he's the guy that could turn the Lions around. I'm not saying that. Okay, so people <laughs> keep it calm in the chat, right? But, but you know what Somebody I'm saying? That. That. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like some guy that didn't have yeah. – we've got people that were super successful elsewhere that just tanked this thing, right? There, there's something yeah. else. There's something else that's needed here. And so it's it's the right fit for the right place. And, and I don't know. It's I hope Sheila can do it. I sure hope she can do it because this would be uh, this would yeah. be great. All yeah, right. I sort of get that queasiness of whoever brings whoever comes in. It's like, please have a winning season because I don't want to go through the whole cycle again of oh, this first season under this coach is crappy, so give him a chance, and we got to wait another three four years. I just don't want to go through that cycle. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. All right, hey Mo, I'm going to let you go. We're gonna we the, the phone's been banging off the hook here. I'm going to grab some other calls and. Uh, Make some other points. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. Yes, sir. Good All right, talking buddy. with you guys. Yeah, you too. Thanks for calling. All me. right. All right. We'll see you. No doubt. Peace. All right. Hey, I want to really hit. I, I saw it through using Corn Ferry, which is an executive search firm uh, to help find. And I, I got to tell you, maybe in business, that's the right move. <laughs> I just don't know that they're going to be able to. If Corn Ferry is tuned to find NFL talent. I just don't know that this is the right the right place to to, to look for a gm I, you know but and i was thinking about this earlier what if they're not looking for a gm with corn ferry what if they're looking for a football president of operations that's right vp of operations of football operations that would be football that would be something. operations yep uh just somehow missed a call I, I, there's something funky when i answer like i lose one out of every eight calls or something i don't know why you know, i picked but, eight. Uh, <laughs> Joey had a good comment in the uh, in the comments area here. He said, Matt Patricia wasn't running the offense, but you can tell he had his fingers all over the offense. And I 100% agree. And this is one of those times where we've talked tons about who is doing what, right? Is Caldwell in charge of why Jim Bob is doing whatever Jim Bob's doing? Is Patricia in charge of what Bevel's doing? You know, how much is this? How much is that? I think that this is the only opportunity we might have to ever actually see this work out. And I can say that from this one game, and we'll have to see for the rest of the season, but it sure does look like Matt Patricia was forcing the run game, that he was forcing um, time management, that he was forcing a lot of things that really kill a tempo offense, which is kind of what this offense was semi-built to be. And, you know, we got to see it unhandcuffed today, possibly. Yeah, there was there was seven layer dip all over it. Precious <laughs> <laughs> fingers, yeah. Uh, all right, hey caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink so far? Hey, it's uh, Loretta Martin, and uh, had about two tall boys already. All right, Loretta, all right. how you doing, man? Hey, really quick, Loretta, because it's you and you do this all the time. I got I got to mention Nicholas <laughs> in the chat. He said staff looked uh, really unhappy and over. He was over it in Detroit up until that come from behind win. And and I would point to this and look and say, this may be this may be a real turning point. We won't know. We probably won't hear the story. But the talk and the thinking up to now was that he was done. Right? He was he he was done and, and Kelly was gonna, you know, no. But I this this is the kind of thing that puts a spark in a guy. You know what I mean? That says, you know what, we can maybe that little taste, right? We could do this, right? Uh, I don't know. That was good. Um Oh, and, and sorry, another one, Loretto. Sorry, got to Brett Kuzno. How you doing, brother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll uh, he'll always believe players played to get Matt Patricia fired. And you know what? 
that's what happens when you're that kind of leader. Absolutely right. All right. Loretto, now I can concentrate and give you the time you deserve. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Great, sir. I was I definitely um like the way uh, Matthew Stafford looked. Uh he definitely looked happy. Um the way he, when you see that sidearm, you saw him look up to the sky and say some vulgar um whatever he said <laughs> at the sky because he knew he knew as soon as he let it go and I was so unhappy and I, my heart just sank. But he came out on the other end, and I'm so happy for him. Yeah, yeah. Short memory Stafford. Yep, yep. yep. And and you th- here's something that people probably ought to know, and I'm gonna, I got to thank Wisco for this. He's going in the slack. We only allowed seven second-half points, even with the interception. And if you look at the third, part, uh, third quarter defense this, the Lions have had uh, this season, that's completely 180 degrees from where they're at. And then he also brings up a good one. Special teams were not on point today. Um, was special teams where Matt Patricia was spending his time? Is is Braden Coombs fool's gold? This and more next Tuesday. <laughs> and I definitely, uh, I definitely believe that, um, that uh, initial report that said the, uh, Matt Patricia had these guys so wound up so tightly to, and to make him so disciplined, it's like, just relax and let it happen. And he got him so wound up. And I understand the way that Matt came in here and he's like, I'm going to change this, but he tried to force it too hard. And you saw how the way players were wound up and it only took till the fourth quarter. And it was just a tank because they were so wound up. They just broke every game. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, you know, and I'm, I'm sure this was part of the equation, but you know how you you loosen up when you're wound up tight like that? You head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. That's what you do. <laughs> Get yourself <laughs> anxiety, uh, sleeplessness, insomnia, pain. Um, you know, all that stuff. You're wound too tight, and you get yourself some CBD, and it'll help you chill. Uh, the chill line, this is, I, 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 I do this now because this is good, because there's, there's two types of people that take CBD. People that want to feel something, you know, something, something, and then people that don't want to feel anything, right? Um, if you want to feel something like, like you, know, n- you know, if you want to feel the effects more beyond just the pain relief and anxiety relief and all that, the chill line with the Delta 8 is the stuff. Uh, that Delta 8 has some magic in it. Legal in all 50 states? I will tell you that. There you go. And then uh, the, the, everything that's into the non-chill, it'll do the same kind of stuff as far as the anxiety and all, and the, um, the sleeplessness, the insomnia, and all, and the pain. It all works. The cream is awesome. Um, there's no nothing for your cream. So if you want, if you're going to drive that high low at work today, don't do the chill line. <laughs> Saturday afternoon, you're gonna you're gonna watch some college ball. Grab yourself some chilled gummies and have a good time. There you go. All right. Uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get all your needs: pain, insomnia, and uh, anxiety. Everything that's caused by the lions, cure it right there. All right, sorry, Loretto, you, you just gave me a real end. How did you? Uh, how did you slide that so well into there? I don't understand that transition period that you just had. <laughs> I well, it's all about like that's the difference between me and Patricia. He just tries to ram it in. I'm all about sliding <laughs> it in, right? <laughs> sliding it uh, in. One, huh? thing, one thing about uh, Tavai, um, like the way they used him, and I've been trying to tell people this from the get go, like. The way Matt Patricia could not develop talent, and it doesn't matter who you draft, you could have drafted Chase Young and still wanted to put him in positions to succeed. And you saw that today, how people were in better positions to succeed with their talents. And that's what I'd like to see out of everything because I don't, uh, like I said, I still think Bob Quinn was a good drafter. It's just, 
the coaching was so poor in transition to the NFL and the scheme wasn't allowing these players to succeed on the field. And today, I believe we saw just a little hint of that. We can see if it continues. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Sam. Sorry, I was looking in the yeah. chat. And I- <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um, I, I, I feel like they were so tied together, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, that Bob Quinn was drafting guys that he thought would work for Matt Patricia's defense. Um, Matt Patricia wasn't developing those guys. He was so stuck in the mud with his scheme and how he wanted this team to look that he wouldn't allow the talent to escape, uh, you know, the iron dome of Matt Patricia. Um, and I think we saw a lot of that today on offense, 100%. But, and I think that that was semi to be expected because Bevel was running the offense for the most part and had the plays already and just kind of needed to change what was called and how it was called. And I think on defense today, you know, the team seemingly got better as the game went on, which was kind of a weird thing to do. You know, I'll rewatch it again later, but the defense looked really bad early and then started picking it up a little bit late. And I think some of that is that, Undlin, you know, and Bevel allowed some guys to do what they wanted to do a little bit more. Maybe they felt a little bit looser in practice. Maybe, you know, they realized that, hey, we have nothing left to lose. Might as well go out there and and just do what we do. You know, and I'm excited to see what the defense is going to look like next week and the week after that. I don't expect anything too crazy, but no, it, it, it is. It's exciting. A couple, couple of quotes coming in here. Daryl Bevel. My emotions right now, I can't even think straight. Good good on him, man. Well-deserved. That's that's so great for him to have that dream for so long and get a chance, even though he knows it's intro minutes and an audition, um, to be able to do that and have that win. Good good on him. Um, let's see. And he is now the Lions' winningest all-time coach by percentage. <laughs> so he's doing well there. And then Stafford gave Bevel the game ball in the locker room after the game. That's cla- oh, yeah. class act. What a good dude he is, man. <laughs> I need people like Stafford in my life. Rich and giving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Loretto, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce and we're gonna go back to the phones, man. They've been they've All been right. hitting us hard. Okay. Thanks yeah. so much for calling, brother. And, Perfect. And Thanks for calling. All the yeah, super bye. chats and everything, dude. You're 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 awesome. Yep. Thank you. All right, man. No problem. All right. Let's grab another one here. See if it worked. Yeah. All right. Hey, hey Colin. How much you had to drink? <laughs> and what's your name? What up, man? You know this is Q. Hey, what up, Q. Sam, Hi, man? Q. What up, Chris? How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. I just the emotional roller coaster is just. I feel I feel great right now because no matter what, I want to win. Yeah. I don't care about yeah. drafts and all that. Like we'll get to that in the off season. I just want to win. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man. I I just I went qu- through I, like. Sorry, just got a quote from Daryl Bevel. Hey, you know what? This isn't that hard. <laughs> 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 all right, go ahead. Bro. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt, but I no, no, I just I, I'm. Just, no, I just got, you know, I call in when we suck, so I just got to call in when we win, too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I, was, I was happy with it. I mean, I felt, because I was looking at all that we did offense. I mean, defense, of course, like, it's like everybody has injuries, but not every team is built like our team where you have these specific pieces that if they're not there, things just unravel, like a Trey Flowers or, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I was happy with it. I thought it was over. Aquara, who... <sighs> Maybe he could sneak in as a fourth alternate in the Pro Bowl or something. Got that strip sack. <laughs> well, you you, you had you, got uh, it done. You, you had Sandman asking on Twitter which one of these guys are starters, right? You got Everson Griffin. You got Aquara. 
You got yeah. two NFL starters right there. <laughs> and well, Everton Griffin almost blew it when he jumped outside. You, too. He did. He did. <laughs> but, but he made a great, compelling argument that he wasn't offsides, that he was drawn offsides. That was great. Yeah, I was convinced. I'm like, well, maybe he wasn't. You know, and Okora, I would love to talk about Okora because he is the most active pass rusher we've had probably since Kyle Vandenbosch which is a crazy thing to say. He just yeah. outworks the dude across from him. Do I think he's like physically gifted and is just straight up better than the guy across from him? No, but he gets it done with hard work. And a guy like that is so invaluable on a team. Uh, I really hope that they find a way to bring him back next year. Yep. He, should, he should be a top priority. Top two, three. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it will be like when we let uh, Cliff Averill go. Oh, no. yep. Dude, why you do that to me? <laughs> um, all right, a couple of things first, Dan. Uh, I, I will get to your super chat in one second. Um, Okora not getting the game ball today that probably hurt a little bit, but you got to defer to Bevel, right? Because he did so well. But yeah, uh, Okora yeah. definitely deserves a lot of a lot of love. Um, he he, you know the Vandenbosch comparison is pretty funny. No one had to sleep in his front yard to get him to come to the team, though. So that was all right. right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those, those crazy right. contact lenses. Um, no, Aquara is looking good. And look, if there's anything genetic involved, we got his little brother too, and that'd be great to see him kind of come up. And uh, he just hasn't really been that impactful. It's all been Romeo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let me. But, get... uh, you know, I, I... go ahead. Go ahead, Q. No, I was just gonna say I don't have a lot. I'm gonna let you guys go. But the one, the one sneaky bit of optimism was after the game in the Fox Post game when they showed teams in the hunt. Okay. I saw, that, I saw that Honolulu Blue Lion. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it might not happen, but I, I'm gonna ride that wave for the rest of the season. What's happened to <laughs> the Vikings today? Does anybody know where they where they're at? I think the Vikings I, won, right? I thought they won. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they kicked the field goal, man, yeah. overtime. Okay, okay. So there's still one up on us. But we, we're going to finish that off at the end of the season, right? Celebration Sunday. Hopefully, Go hopefully we run the table, man. <laughs> That's right. Let's get that Kool-Aid. Celebration Sunday. <laughs> All, right. All right, man. Hey, yeah, be good. But Thanks I'll for- let you guys go. I'll call in next week. Uh, go, go Lions. All right, man. We'll talk to you. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you. All right, Joe. He's my freaking hero, that guy. Um, Dan Halsey. Stafford to Dallas for draft picks and a and we bundle uh, for a quarterback and maybe a good wide receiver in 21. I'll hang up and listen for your answer. You guys rock. <laughs> you, you know, I'm I'm having a harder time believing that Stafford is going anywhere the further we get into this process. After hearing a bunch of NFL people talk about how they feel about Stafford, I think if we were to have lost this game and we lost out and we had a top three, top four pick, I think that's when you can maybe make the argument that if your new GM has a draft pick in mind at quarterback that he likes enough, then you can move on from Stafford. If you're picking in 10 to 12, you can't, you literally can't get rid of Stafford. Getting rid of Stafford would possibly be one of the biggest mistakes, regardless of, of what you get for him. Even if you get a first round pick for him, it would probably be a mistake because we see it year in, year out. Teams without quarterbacks can't win. And getting a quarterback at number 10 is very hard. Getting a quarterback in the top three is very hard. And this, you know, it's just not, it's it's not a science. It's definitely not something that we can guarantee that we'll get somebody to replace them. Yeah. And this is something that, um, 
I think people aren't people aren't used to people. <laughs> so many people don't remember the days before Matthew Stafford, the Harrington years, and all that stuff, right? What, how bad it actually was before we had a quarterback, and you see that all the time with um, with different teams without a quarterback. And it's the same thing, I think, with the kicking game. You look at Prater. Prater's like everyone's like, oh my god, he's having a terrible year. He's still above average for the league, guys. Can you imagine signing an average kicker? How frustrated you would be right now? <laughs> Matt Frader's still the guy. And, well, um, you remember 2014. Yeah, Nate Freeze. Nate Freeze. <laughs> Freeze tag. Killed us. Killed us. <laughs> we, we, we win a playoff game that year, in my opinion, if Nate Freeze, if Hanson didn't retire. Yeah. I honestly feel that way. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I do not disagree with you at all on that. That was, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, it's 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 the two things that I think in the Lions we've really been lucky with is our quarterback for so long and kicking for so long. Um, you know, Green Bay, they have no idea what's going to hit them when Aaron Rodgers leaves. Right? They, they they feel like they can be. You can't. They should never ever be critical of Aaron Rodgers. I don't care what happens. He, yep. you you give him the you know the golden treatment until he retires, and then see if you can buy him back. With Matthew Stafford, this is going to be a tough one. This this is really tough. I think if you saw my tweet, you know it's true. I think Kelly Stafford has a big say in what happens with Matthew going forward. Um, let's face it; they've got the money now. He's 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 played. He's at a point now where he can decide if he's you know. When I saw him on the sideline after that pick, I would have when I first looked at him and saw his face, I, I would have said, "This is a guy that doesn't want to come back. This guy this guy's done. He's gonna go have an easy life now. No more hits. No more pain. No more of these 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 tough workouts and training camps. He's just gonna he's done. Right? He's gonna retire. Maybe go media. Maybe do none of that and just kind of retire quietly and have a good life." Um, she definitely has a say in it. He has a ladder hanging Christmas bulbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> We're labor. We're not design. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens. It's hard because he's 32 and he's at this weird spot, right? So, okay, let's build a team. If we build a team, and we we're successful, let's just say we get a great coach, a great GM, and we hit. How long is he going to play? And then you're a team without a quarterback again. That's the that's the the one side of it, right? But this other side of it is he's only 32. He could probably get four more four more years out of him, five more years out of him if he wants. I right? mean, the Saints started a rebuild with Drew Brees older than Stafford right now. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is really tricky. So you have a couple of variables, and we're going to dive into this a lot in the offseason. Um, I think we'll talk about this in, in more in depth, but you've got a couple variables in the Staffords themselves. What what do they want to do? Who are you getting as a coach in GM? Stafford has to believe in him, right? And this is this is what's really funny. Um, who was it? I just saw um, Deshaun Watson said that he would be he would support Bienemy as a coach. This is this is relatively new phenomenon where players are saying <laughs> have a say in who the coach is going to be, right? Or or where their opinion even matters. I mean, in the you know when I was growing up, like. When I, I've, the first player I remember in the Lions that got me hooked was Billy Sims, right? Billy never had a say in any coach. No, 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 no one on the team had any say in who the coach was or the front office or anything, right? They just played and they did what they were told. It's a different world right now. So this is interesting as to how this plays out. And I'm certain that Sheila will consult with Matthew on this process. I am certain that he will be involved in one way or another, probably in on the interviews. This is this is going to be an interesting an interesting ball of wax. And then how this turns out on the other side, what level of control Matthew Stafford has. I don't know if he wants to call plays or not, right? But he's he's going to be in a position now of a great deal of power if he decides to stay and he'll have a whole lot of choice in in what happens in front of him, I believe. Especially after yeah. what he just had. 
I mean, what you said is basically the way the NFL is going, right? Like players are having more input. Uh, and the reason for that is because that's just kind of where the NFL is going. They, they know the players are very valuable and you know that your players have to be happy and they want to have, you know, they have to want to be around in order to play well. And we saw what happens when you bring in a coach that just rubs every single person around them the wrong way. And, you know, that's what just happened with Patricia. Yep, yep. We saw it doesn't work like that anymore. Yep. And so, and I'm seeing, you know, there's some, some good stuff in the chat here. Um, Dan, the winning, the whole winning thing, quarterback wins is, is not a real statistic. So, I mean, quarterback losses are. For sure, right? (laughs) Quarterbacks can certainly lose you a game, but uh, like Mitchell Trubisky, he he hasn't really won the Bears any games other than when he played against the Lions, right? It was always he didn't lose the games for them, right? Uh, And that was that was good enough. I mean, almost (laughs) one year it was good enough. Let's uh, look at let's see. There's one other one here. Oh, I hope Stafford doesn't have a saying anything with a coach. You know, Golden, I'm I'm not. I wouldn't argue with you because he was he stood up for Jim Bob Cooter, right? And um, that's like, gosh, I don't I don't know about that. But with what's happened with Patricia and the relationship he had with Bevel and Bevel keeping him and Patricia from murdering each other, as we've heard, <laughs> or from you know something just short of that, I guess. Um, people learn, and 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 again, I'm going to use an extreme example. Uh, uh, Bill Belichick got. You know, just run out of Cleveland. He he had no success really there, uh, and then went on to be the guy that everybody knows. Right? Period. Um, people can do bad and learn from that and be better. Um, I I trust Matthew Stafford as as a quarterback. He will be involved in the coaching decision. I don't know if he'll have a final say, but um, he will definitely have to put his hamp stamp on it. See that? See what I did there? <laughs> All right. Uh, you can hit us up on the phone, 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384. Get a call or use Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. Also, don't forget, we got $200 match sitting on the on the table, stjude.org slash DLP. Head on over there, do a donation for the kids. Christmas for the kids here. Uh, through December 18th, we're running this. The goal's 25 grand. We're at 17 and a half grand right now. And uh, we can we can turn that at 18 if we get the 200 bucks, folks. So let's uh, let's go. All right. Um, what do you think? Okay, so from Tracy, let's talk about Tracy Walker a little bit. This is a guy that's, um, he didn't show any improvement today, nor did Will Harris. Um, what happened to Tracy Walker? Did Patricia break him or did he just have a, was he a one and done year kind of a guy? You know, I don't, it, it, it's definitely funky. I definitely feel like he doesn't fit what they're trying to do this year on defense. And, it's hard to say when he's been out there, he hasn't looked particularly good. Uh, you know, um, Jeff Risden has, has definitely been on the train of, he wished that Walker had done well. He hoped for Walker to do better. Uh, but just this year hasn't been it. I think there's a little bit of hope that Walker can rebound into a more normal defensive scheme than what we're currently running. But I don't know if I would count on that. I think, you know, when you when you start a game with three safety sets and Walker is not one of the three safeties, I think that's just ultimately telling. Because no matter who you are, if you have talent, and you fit a scheme, you should you're gonna see the field in a three safety set. <laughs> you know, it, it just seems real wild to me that they're finding ways to not have him on the field. And when he is on the field, you know, he'll get his tackles, but he you know he missed a couple tackles today. He took bad angles today. 
I don't know what happened. It's, it's one of those, you know, football things. Mm -hmm. Guys will look great one year and then the next year. Yeah. The play calling today was interesting. I liked that we used tempo Mm -hmm. at times. That was, that was, that was interesting. And I'm just like, Shifting without a clutch here. Sorry. <laughs> Shove um, it in the second. Yeah. Um, the play action. Tons of play action today. Um, I, it, I, it's, I was pretty impressed. Motion third quarter. What do we do? Well, this is out of the slack. I'm stealing this from Wisco. But um, we reali- Bevel realized he had tight ends on the roster. And all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Down the field, we moved. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, I was also imp- impressed with Bevel's ability to coach and call plays today because that's a lot to add on that whole extra set of duties as head coach uh, and yet still do the play calls for a guy who hasn't done that before. So um, good stuff. I liked most of the play calling. There was a couple times it was questionable, but for first time head coach and play call at the same time, Bevel, Bevel did it, man. Bevel came through. Yeah. And you know, I think the thing that people probably won't talk enough about because it's hard to talk about is the game plan. Mm. Bevel came in and his offense worked. You know, they didn't get that fourth down uh, where uh, Agnew just decided to stop running in hopes that the guy would run past him. Um, But, I mean, the offense consistently looked good today. The game plan was good. They threw the ball more than they've thrown it all year, it felt like. They ran the ball, you know, well enough. They had a good pace of offense where it never felt stagnant. It never felt slow. Um, You know, and I don't know how much – he had a say in defensive game planning because I think that's harder to do when that's not what you've been doing all year. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think for a first time out beating a team that Patricia has never beat and beating a team that really should beat the lions most of the time, just based on the fact that their defense is good and you know, their offense always performs well against the lions and they did today again, but you know, when you squeak out the ones you can squeak out. And I think he did enough today to do that. And that's incredibly hard to do. So we have to give him tons of props. For that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, 100%. And, and it's not going to get easier, right? I mean, next week is, is going to be tough. Tennessee is going to be tough. Tennessee. Um, last I saw was having a tough time today. Yeah. Oh man. The Browns blew him up. Yeah. That's great. Now the Browns, well, they got a record this year. That's, Pretty mm-hmm. pretty freaking stunning, actually, for the Browns. But uh, congratulations on that one, Risden. Hopefully, that you know they carry that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I think Tennessee is going to be a lot more ready for Detroit than they were for Cleveland. Um, that that was a surprise. But you know, everybody, every team has a bad game every year. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. they, they miss one. Um, so I guess that's probably Tennessee's. And well, we didn't get it, so that's that, right? Hopefully, we get it with Green Bay though. Um. In the playoff hunt in December, that's that's crazy, and just it's after we fired our coach. That's just yeah. it's just the the same record as the five and one Bears. Started the year five and one, and yeah. So let's talk about that in a second. What do you think the Bears? Do you think that was it for Nagy? I don't know how it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you keep your coach that hasn't necessarily won anything. I don't think he's been bad per se, but when you lose six in a row. Man, that's that's tough. That's tough. They really need to rally at the, the end of this year. They need to, you know, win more than they lose from this point out. Uh, you know, and I think Nagy is a good head coach, but I think he's not 
the guy that the Bears need right now because he doesn't do a good enough job of wrangling in his offense. He doesn't do a good enough job of wrangling in his defense. I think he's kind of in a Caldwell situation where, you know, he's, he's good at the main job, but it's the small stuff that's starting to unravel around him. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he really needs a quarterback to, to for his stuff to work and to hear on the broadcast that during the interview, that um, well, what did they say? They tried to teach him and manipulate him, Trubisky, into learning. But when that door opens, oh, he's going to be fun to watch. It's like, dude, that door's closed. It's locked. It's chained. You need to move <laughs> on, right? It's done. Yeah. Um, Mr. Trubisky is not a start. He, he happens to be a starting NFL quarterback, but he shouldn't be. <laughs> he really, he would make. I don't even know if he'd make a good backup, to be honest with you, because I'm not sure he's an X's and O's guy. Right, I'm not sure he can play that role of backup quarterback. He's he's too different than anybody else to be a true backup quarterback. Yep. I think you'd have to almost have like a sub playbook for Mitchell Trubisky on the yeah. off chance your quarterback got injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost run like a wildcat. Right? <laughs> Basically, that's what they do run. Yeah, <laughs> like his first his first couple of years, he'd run around with the ball here because he's ready to run at any moment, you know, yeah. and. AJ makes a good point in the chat. Nagy was supposed to be an offensive guy, but they're as bad as we are on D, right? I mean, they got Patricia on offense. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. But it was it, Trubisky is what revol- everything revolves around there. If they had a quarterback, like, and and so I know Brett, um, Brandon. I'm sorry, you were you're you're joking about uh, the Bears needing Stafford, but if they had Stafford, they'd be they'd be unstoppable. They would be an incredible team. Um. So they, who knows? We'll see. I, I hate to add another team to the coach search this off season. You know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah. you, if, if you're stepping in, like, look, you're going to step into two teams. You can step into the bears who need a quarterback or the lions who have a quarterback, right? But nothing else. Um, I'm kind of feeling like I might want to go to the bears just, just if I had those two teams, right? Cause they've got a pretty well-built team around there. They just need a couple of pieces and, and uh good, kind of scheme up front on the on, on the offense. I feel like you could really find success there. Um and and we'll talk about that again as we get towards the the off season here and uh towards senior bowl and all that. There's there's a lot to to look at there about in these in these um these different coaching jobs. And we're gonna start ranking, you know, where these teams lie as far as desirability. And we'll talk about things like taxes in the different states and all those other kinds of things that would, those kind of some, well, those are tangibles, but I'll call them intangibles in relation to football that might inspire someone to go somewhere uh, other than, you know, somewhere other than somewhere else and, 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 and make the, the better team, you know, kind of rank list or something. Um, I said that like shit. Sorry. <laughs> Those were words that just didn't come out together. Uh, but um, yeah, no, that's, that, that that's going to be interesting. And again, we can go back and kind of look at this, the, the Wayne Fonts thing. We have Daryl Bevel. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year, right? We're kind of drinking the Kool-Aid here on Celebration Sunday. But if he wins this job, is is it him that wins back the locker room? He does the job for two years, and then um, then we hire the real guy? Is that what we're doing? Remember, <laughs> like Jim Schwartz, <laughs> right, was was a guy. He was the right guy to get us from, from take over after 0-16. Yeah. He, he changed that attitude and, and got – this team to to a great to a playoff game, right? I mean, holy mm-hmm. cow! Um, but he, yeah, he, he longed for the days of the the abrasive personality of Jim Schwartz. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
The abrasive oh. towards uh, the other team, but not towards his own team. I think that's where Patricia got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah abra- Can't be abrasive towards your own guys. The abrasion's supposed to be on the outside, not the inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll hit the the phone number one more time here. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. a celebration Sunday. And while you're celebrating, you got the holidays coming, right? See what I'm doing here? I'm, I'm, I'm sneaking in. Are you uh, sneaking up? <laughs> Head on over to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Buy all your Amazon holiday goods. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. I love the backgrounds. You're so you're the best, Sam, man. Um, all, they give us a kickback. You take a little bit of that money away from Bezos. He's got enough. Share it with your podcast. Help help support the show. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Buy everything you ever buy and have shipped from there using that link. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you, everybody. All right. Let's go. Let's see. I missed a call. Dang it. <laughs> because I was talking about Amazon at Detroit Lions Podcast.com. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about Corey Unlin a little bit and the uh, defensive play calling. Because yeah. he definitely brought something different. And um, we, we played 4-2 on the defense, if you saw, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> and it was pretty successful. It worked out. Yeah, you know, I, we, we saw some wrinkles. So at the beginning of the game, like I said earlier, the team seemed to have gotten better the longer the game went on, which is an oddity. But um, we started to see a little bit more wrinkles, almost like Unlin kind of realized, or maybe Bevel went over to him and said, like, listen, you know, like, who knows what's going to happen to us at the end of the year? Like, pull out all the stops. Like, let's just do what you want to do. You're the defensive coordinator. We, you know, we want to see some more action. And we did. We saw a ton of stunts. We probably saw more stunts today than we saw in any other game this year. We had not that they were super successful, but we saw them. (laughs) They (laughs) happened. Uh, We saw some more blitzes, which is good. We didn't, you know, we had like a a rise in blitzes and then when it came back down for us, but you know, it looked good today. Uh, Overall, I think the game plan was pretty good considering who we have on defense and, uh, you know, what we can do. They're still doing some things that are a little wonky, but I don't really expect a whole lot to change a week after the head coach is fired, who is the guy that was the mastermind behind the defense. Um, you know, 10, 10 yard uh, off play by our quarterback, cornerbacks, um, you know, safety's way too deep. Um, but, you know, I, I, what I saw was excitement. And we talked about that a little bit with just the team in general, but the, players just looked to be a little bit more excited. They looked, you know, a little bit slow at the beginning of the game, but then the speed started to come around. They started to hit the holes the way they were supposed to hit the holes. And, you know, I guess we'll see. I don't know how much input Unlin had in the actual development of this defense. So this may be a Jim Bob Cooter versus Lombardi situation where Jim Bob basically runs the same offense, just, you know, calls the plays differently. Does a does a, my new same things. plays differently? Yeah, by yeah. different names. <laughs> yeah, but oh, man, there's we'll so see. little of a change between Lombardi and Cooter. You know what I mean? I mean, as as far as I mean, it's literally. I keep thinking that using this meme, the office meme with Pam sitting there. <laughs> Tell us the corporate wants to know the difference between these two pictures. They're the same damn picture. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I hated that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matthew Stafford said when he took the field for the knee to end the game. He patted down Bilal Nichols' arms, looking for a foreign substance like pine tar or something after Nichols picked him off late. I'm fat. That's pretty funny stuff. <laughs> that that was pick was pick. amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, you know, you we can hate on Stafford all we want. That was an awful pick. Yeah. Uh, that's probably a throw that you shouldn't make. But like 99 out of 100 times, that ball's hitting the dirt, even if it's a bad throw. Because it like, I mean, that was a one-handed catch by a D lineman who was kind of turned sideways, had no business catching that thing. He's going to pull the Agnew next year for the Bears. He's going to be he's going to be in the slot. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> More fat guy touchdowns. He's going to be hard to tackle. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Oh man, no, that was good. That was good. Um, oh God, yes, Jim Young, thank you. And Jim, I hope you're in a better place now than you were before the game. Um, it was nice to win after that Fox pregame show roast of the Lions. I, that didn't bother me as much. I just thought it was really poorly done. Did you see that? Oh yeah, Sam, it, it was not yeah. funny. I mean, there's so much material to work with, right? There are so many things you could do that would be funny to kind of rip on the Lions situation or whatever. They did a terrible job. That was, I don't know who wrote that, but they <sighs> calling for Jason Garrett to be our head coach and oh yeah, just what are you doing? Come on, Fox, be better. Yes, that was wild. Yeah. It's like they, they didn't vet Jimmy Johnson what he was going to say before the game. <laughs> they just let him fucking willy nilly do I, whatever. And I, I, I am 100% certain that, um, our guy uh, Bradshaw's got some some <laughs> some some issues up upstairs going on. I don't know, man. He's he's a mess. He's a mess. God. Um. Let's see. Yeah, it was so it was good. It was good to win after that. What are they going to say next week? Right? Are they going to swing the other way and say Daryl Bevel for head coach? He's going to be the number one candidate in the NFL this season. <laughs> I think they have to bring up how good the team looked under Daryl Bevel. I honestly feel like. Nobody gave the Lions a chance to win any games again. And, you know, and I was part of the, if they don't win another game, I'm not going to be shocked by it. Uh, crowd just, just because, uh, but I mean, it was kind of shocking and uh, the Lions came back from 10 down, which is a rarity, uh, you know, came back with in good fashion, that last dra- drive by the offense to score and get, uh, get the bears, the ball back with two thirteen left, you know, like, that's perfectly executed football, perfect clock management when it comes to trying to score before the two-minute warning to give yourself as much time on defense to make a play. I mean, it looked like, you know, I really didn't see too many new coach or, you know, bruises from Bevel. Yeah. There, there really weren't any big, you know, like, oops, or any anything that was obvious that this is his first time doing it. He looked comfortable in the role. Yeah. Now afterwards, right? He's speechless. He doesn't know what to say. He's super excited, right? I mean, you can bet there's tons of uh how strong is Kevin Strong? <laughs> um he, he he's, you know, speechless. There's probably tons of emotions and and everything else going on cuz he got it done, but under fire in the moment, he was solid. He was absolutely solid. And uh, so this is going to be this is going to be a really weird connection. So just work with me here, okay? Um play call of duties out right i play my call of duty i love my my, my call of duty and uh search and destroy is my my favorite you gotta plant the bomb and, and all this other stuff but it was last night we were down my team everyone died except me and the whole other team was alive six on one and uh, it's on a timer there's all kinds of different pressure and it was one of those things where you found yourself in a zone there was, i wasn't you know you're nervous you didn't feel anything you're just like i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta do this and you just execute 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 right and you get it done and then when it's all done and over it's like then the rush happens right and I, I know it's a silly example right it's just a video game but um me and my buddy played we 
we play probably more seriously than we should <laughs> on, on search. And um, that was, you know, more competitively than we probably should, especially at our ages. But it was, it's that kind of thing where you're in the moment and you're not letting all those things. My best golf game was the same way. I, I, I did two over par um, once in my life. And I've been significantly worse than that every other game I played. But that game, that day, everything just came together. And I, I just, I was, I was quiet. I just walked in. I did my thing. I knew what I had to do and I did it and it worked. Right. I just kept it. I strung it together. And it was like afterwards, you know, I, I, I felt a building at the end. Right. And I was just like, let it go. Just come on, let it go. And, uh, you get that, that, that sense of just absolute release when it's done and i think that's where bevel was i really it really looked like that's how he was executing today he was in that zone um he didn't seem to have a whole lot of emotion on the sidelines he wasn't doing that you know we'll put up cheerleading thing but he executed and he got the win and uh, i can you can see that release now uh in his quotes and, and how he's talking it's pretty pretty good stuff so good for bevel i mean that's such a feel-good story a guy especially if you think you know everything you've heard about working under patricia Right. He's he's endured almost two years of it. Right. And, and you know, they're there all hours every day. He spent so much time in that situation and to be able to walk out and do what he did. That was great. That was great. All right. Oh, let's see. Oh, oh, look at M. Desai. What a what a nice fella. <laughs> he's so bad at trolling. It's just an embarrassment. But this is what you get from Chicago. Uh, or if you're not murdered, you embarrass yourself. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's see. What else do we have? We had Bevel. We had, what else do we have going on? Oh, that, thank you, Loretto. Thank you. That's the that's point I wanted to make. Um, it's going to pop up here. I'm just going to start talking about it. Um, adjustments at the half. Is it legal to do that? I, 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 I didn't think you were allowed to do that. Like come out of a half and change the way you, you, you your strategy and how you played the game. What? What happened there? How did that how did that work? We lost your mic, my friend. How about now? Yeah, there back? you go. Yeah. Okay. Must have been a Chicago so, mic. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I feel like halftime adjustments almost weren't super necessary this game. But what what we saw was they didn't take their foot off the gas pedal. They didn't attempt to when they got it close, they didn't slow down to try to manage the game. Uh, we did see the defense start to blitz, start to make some more uh, movement on the, on the front. We started seeing more four two. Um, you know, we saw kind of a player adjustment as well. We started to see a little bit more Jared Davis uh, in the second half, uh, a little bit more Ragland uh, playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, so yeah, I think we did see adjustments that normally. We don't, we don't, we didn't see, I guess don't isn't a thing anymore. He's gone. Um, but, uh, yeah. Past tense. It was, it's it was okay nice. to use past tense. Yeah. He, he, I know he touched you, your fandom, but it's okay. He did. We're he gonna, touched me real bad. <laughs> we're going to move a little psychological thing here. We're going to move on and use the past tense now. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. I think, you know, this game and I, I tweeted about it during the game, everything just felt a little bit different. This felt more like we were watching a regular football game. So I can watch like Philadelphia Green Bay. I have no skin in the game other than wanting Green Bay to lose. But whether they win or don't doesn't really impact me too much. Um, and it kind of, you know, when we were under Patricia, I, I would watch these games and I would just be horrified at what I was seeing. It just felt bad. I had a pit in my stomach the whole time, like not just because we were losing, but just because I could tell that we were in a dead end 
and with no way out. And it just felt like that. And this game is the first game in three years, you know, that I've honestly felt good the whole game. We were down by 10, but that didn't dissuade me from my thoughts that this game could still be won. You know, I, I felt more even keel. And I, I, you know, part of me wonders if the players felt the same way. And I imagine that they had to feel something because all this stuff's slowly starting to trickle out about how not so great the Matt Patricia locker room was. And, and that does, that impacts players. You know, you feel good, play good. And that's that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I, I, I'm going to add on and kind of piggyback to what you said. There was, I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, I know the Lions. They're not going to, they're going to pull this out in the end. This is this one. But even then, I was still watching because this is one of the most fun Lions games to watch in a long time. Mm-hmm. In a long time. It was just fun football to watch. And I, you know, I don't know. It's not touched me in my fandom, but really, <laughs> it, football. It was hard to watch. It wasn't fun. I don't. I'm, it's I don't yeah, it's. It was. I don't know. Oh god! So this was this was good. This was cathartic. It went, yeah. And I'm glad we got a win out of the end of it. But throughout the game, it was fun. There were still mistakes. There's still things to complain about. Things along the way. But that's part of what made it fun, right? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't just the big dumb guy on the sideline with the seven layer dip. <laughs> <laughs> And his damn running hill. I hope the the new coach just bulldozes, the, just pushes that crap right out onto the street right now in park. I knock the fence over. I think if they provided shovels, the players themselves would remove that hill. <laughs> it was the best cardio I ever got. Yeah. Everybody comes in shoulders looking like. Uh, and then in the end, they're gonna say, "Thanks, Matt Patricia, for the great workout." <laughs> it, the hill actually worked. <laughs> you know, I've got I've got some divots in my lawn. I wonder if Alan Park will just let me come by, grab some dirt. Yeah, there's a bunch of sod up there, and it's well maintained. It's very well maintained. It's very well. It's got got some seven layer dip on the down slope, but uh, <laughs> it's for sled. You could sled in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I'll tell you what, we had a good show. We had a good day. Let's go celebrate on our own. Winning Sunday. Winning. Victory Sunday, gotta love it. Uh, oh, you know what? Here, great point. Now, let me hit one more thing. How awesome was it to watch us do something on fourth down that wasn't involving putting the ball in your foot? <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, actually. I, 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 I called for the fourth down, go for it, and you know they did it twice this game. And I think those the game of football is so tight anyway that those little decisions can win or lose you a football game. And we see that often. And I think going for it and then scoring a touchdown subsequently won us this game. Same thing with going for the block on their extra point and actually blocking it. That made it a four-point game where the Bears couldn't just get it down to our end, which they did, and kick a field goal and force overtime. You know, so small things that just add up. And I think coaches like Bevel get it. And other coaches don't, you know, like when Doug Peterson came in and was super aggressive all the time, you know, that was a revelation in the NFL that he was that aggressive and he won his team a bunch of games like that took him to a Super Bowl. I think that, you know, change like that is impactful. I think that the team as a whole responds to stuff like that when you trust your guys to get the fourth down that, you know, field goals aren't going to get it done. We want touchdowns here. And I know you guys can do it. I think that that gets everybody pumped up on a new level and it's important. And it's, it's fun to see our coach doing that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, two things. One, can, uh, uh, one came in Stafford's average intended air yards for 2020, 8.8. This is what you talked about earlier on the, on the show. Mm-hmm. Average intended air yards today versus the Bears, 12.9. Crazy. Yeah. And people will look at that and think, oh, it's four yards. That's humongous. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's, it's it's gigantic. It's that's big time stuff right that's there. That's a whole this is a whole new offense. Yep. It's the same offense, but it's new. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's like a brick has been taken off the the back of the you know, out of the back of their pants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with the brick once I put it out there, so I just shoved it in their pants. I'll tell you something though on the game that was a little bit uh I, the Lions could have really gotten beat on, and uh, the Bears missed it. That um, that fourth down where they came out like they're going to snap, and then they ran off the field. The Lions froze. Right, they're like, uh, they didn't. They had no idea what to do. Had the Bears then fake punted, the Lions would have just they they would have destroyed them. They, they, that would have been absolutely a first down for the Bears. But um, I. I think maybe they wanted to, but the ref stood on the ball until there was like four seconds left on the play clock and, and didn't let him get the ball off. And, mm-hmm. um, but that was interesting. I think maybe they wanted to do the fake there, and the Lions were just not ready. They were stunned. They ran off the field. They just literally froze. They're like, what do we do? They literally didn't know what to do. And then guys started coming on the field. They're like, uh, oh, uh. And it was like, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to get us offside. They're going to snap that ball. They're going to get us too many men offside, whatever, and they're going to get the first down that way, which they could have done. So that was that was one that we escaped with for sure because they definitely could have nailed us a couple different directions in that one. Oof. All right, so let's see. Now, now I think we're in good shape, buddy. Um, it's time. Don't forget about the Patreon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Don't forget about Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Fanatics, that's the one we did. DetroitLionsPodcast.com for all your sports, jerseys, everything else. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Okay, with that, Sam, man, thank you. I am thankful for you. I I, I love doing this with you man I, the, the best part about the covid is you not having season tickets and being able to do this with me every week i, I look forward every to week. it. i look forward to it every week i do <laughs> all right remember this show needs your involvement use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback don't forget about us on patreon patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast and of course on the facebook facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast make sure to follow us on twitter then you'll get to see the picture with Matthew Stafford and on the ladder hanging ornaments on the tree at his wife's request. Remember, us men are labor, not design. Thank you, Riz, for that line. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, face. Uh, Let's see. Call us on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. Oh, I didn't say. Twitter, at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see Andy. With no pants on. God dang right this week. Uh, give us a call, Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave a message, we'll put you on the air. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your face automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. No coach either. Because <laughs> we're here, Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. 